It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, plenty of things about this Raptors season sucked, but plenty of things also did not suck. We're going to rank those things today as we dig into our top five moments from the Toronto Raptors seasons that did not make us want to poke our eyes out with a nail file. And we'll do it with our pal Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com. Let's get to it. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1397, I think. I don't know. I've lost count of the numbers of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is, of course, Monday, May the 8th. I am your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can follow the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. You can join the Locked On Raptors Discord server, which is popping off with all sorts of great playoff talk, fake trades, more fake trades. More playoff talk. Lots of great stuff going on in there. Plenty of uh, lighthearted disagreement. Plenty of agreement as well. So jump on in. The link is in the description. The Locked On Raptors Discord community is the place to be to talk to pals about the Toronto Raptors, baby. Uh, you can also support the show by subscribing, following, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube for the low, low price of On The House. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. All right, let's get to it. On today's show, as promised off the top, we are ranking the top five moments from the Raptors season that made us feel good, that filled us full of joy and mirth and laughter, and didn't make us contemplate the long-term future, didn't make us sad, didn't make us sit there in toil and despair. We can get to those things another time, I'm sure, on a bit of a sadder episode, but I don't know. It felt like We've been really stewing in the negativity of the season, the major questions for the offseason, the coach firing, and I just kind of needed a bit of a palate cleanser today. And Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com is here to indulge me in that desire. Big V, how the hell are you, man? Are you ready to talk about some stuff that didn't suck? I am. I'm very ready. We've done plenty of the stuff that does suck, and so uh-huh. I am looking forward to <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the positives from this yeah. season. So. Um, yeah, we got plenty of uh, good playoff basketball uh, going, and so mm-hmm. let's keep those good vibes. Uh, weather is turning around, you know, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of things to feel positive about. So let's talk about some positives from this Raptors season. Yeah, and as much as it's nice, or as much as it w- would be nice to see the Raptors in the playoffs, it's also a nice reminder when you're watching very intense games like that crazy Celtic Sixers finish yesterday, or the Nug- Nuggets Suns game with all this sort of angst and tension and high stakes. It's kind of nice to be removed from all of that and not feeling like I want to be in the fetal position under my desk, uh, like I do when I watch 
your Toronto Maple Leafs. Go listen to Locked On Leafs. The uh, ooh, ooh. Uh, anyway, let's uh, dive into uh, a team that is not down three nothing in the playoffs because they didn't even make it. That said, still some good stuff. And like listeners of the show know that I like to sort of use the regular season as a just a means for my entertainment. It's a little playground of basketball joy, and I, I like to enjoy even the most frustrating of forty one and forty one seasons. So there's plenty to dig into here that was pretty good from this year. We won't do this for all of them, Big V, but I want to see if we have the same number one. So we're going to run through our top five each. We'll go back and forth, but I want to see if we landed on the same thing. So I'm going to count down from three, and we're just going to say what the number one on our list is. And we'll see if we guys, I kind of have an inkling where we've got the same thing, but we haven't compared notes or anything. I just want to see where we're at. So three, two, one. Pascal Siakam, 52 points at MSG. Oh my God. Look at shocker. us. <laughs> what a shocker. <laughs> hey, man, it was awesome. I think it would be weird if we didn't have that as number one. Yes, Pascal Siaka back in December drops 52, 9, and 7 on 17 of 25, 16 of 18 at the line, ends a six-game losing streak for the Raptors, ends an eight-game winning streak for the New York Knicks at MSG, and this was as close to like a, a perfect basketball game as I think I've ever seen a Toronto Raptors player play. It was awesome, Big V. What are your recollections of that glorious time back when uh, Pascal Siakam was still very much high up in all NBA leaderboards and all this stuff before the end of the season kind of rendered all of that speculation a little bit moot? Yeah, like you said, the total package, I mean, he was doing it all. I think the big thing was like he just had everything cooking right mm -hmm. it was just like hey he knocked down a couple threes he knocked down uh the mid-range at will he was getting to the line there was literally nothing you could do to stop him in this game and i think the big thing that you mentioned was like hey the knicks were coming in on an eight game win streak mm -hmm. um and so i think to pull that off uh was a huge win and on top of that i remember the third quarter um and like it was a seven eight minute span where he dropped like 15 points 17 points whatever it might be um and just went off mm -hmm. and you know it was that was like one of his best like he's had games that you would qualify as like a 1a type game not calling mm -hmm. him a 1a player i don't think he's a 1a player but 1b and 2 a type players can have those types of games mm -hmm. and this was definitely a 1a game absolutely and the fact that it was like a close game as well i think kind of adds a little more sort of juice to it it's not like they blew out the knicks by 30 and he kind of coasted it was right. a very close game into the waning moments of the game and Basically, everyone else on the team had a dud. OG was good, 7 to 15. He had 15 points. He was perfectly fine. Uh, but like Juancho Hernan Gomez started this game. That's crazy. There's a blast from the past. There's a guy we'll remember for the rest of time for his very meager contributions to the team. Uh, Scotty Barnes was one of 10 in this game. Fred had a decent shooting night, 4 of 10 from deep, had 28 points, but you know, he was 10 of 24 overall. He was by no means the driver of this game. It was all Pascal basically all the time. The bench combined for 12 total points, as was. Pretty standard for the bench this season. Um, really great stuff. Pascal Siakam, 52 at MSG. That is number one this season. Honestly, if we did a top five of like individual Toronto Raptors games, I think that gets in there as well. Right behind Terrence Ross, dropping 51 against the Clippers. Uh, let's get to a number twos, shall we? I'll give you the floor as the guest on today's show. Big V, uh, what is your number two best thing from this season? Yeah, so the rest of the way, I kind of went 
with vibes. And yeah. so for me, this was the Phoenix Suns win where Coloco knocks down the three uh, <laughs> to effectively clinch the win. Scotty Barnes hit a three right before that uh, to break a tie. Uh, and so I thought this was like a super fun win. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, again, the Raptors were kind of mired in losing and, uh, you know, you get this win that kind of lets you exhale a little bit. And um, the other thing that I, when I went back and checked this game was it, it also marked like the seventh consecutive game that Pascal scored at least 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Gary had a season high at the time, 35 in this game as well. So, um, yeah, super fun win. And, you know, that moment where Coloco knocks down the three and the bench is going crazy was one of those moments of the season. And so mm-hmm. uh, I put that number two. That's great. Uh, so I went a bit of a different direction for most of my other picks. I have one individual game that I'll get to at the end, but I kind of went with like broader story arcs and little pockets of the season as mine. So I didn't pick an individual game, but that uh, Suns game is a really great pull. I think for me, my number two was just OG and Obi's play after the Jakob Pirtle trade. He was so bloody good. And, and this felt like really the optimization of OG. I wrote at the start of the season, one of my last blogs over at Raptors HQ was about OG and how we don't got to like try to turn OG into something he's not. What OG is, is one of the very best players of his archetype in basketball and just kind of funneling to him the looks and the spots on the floor from which he really succeeds that's going to be the way to sort of optimize og he doesn't have to be this heliocentric offensive apex wing predator because he is maybe the best wing defender alive and so you sprinkle in all the other stuff he does off the ball the three the three-point shooting all of that the secondary creation that's where you get prime optimized OG. And that's what we saw after the Yak trade. In the 22 games I believe he played after the Yak deal, 16.5 points, 3.8 boards. You like to see a little bit more on the rebounds. Uh, 1.8 assists, about where he's typically been. Uh, but on 52-42-91 shooting, crazy. 64.4 true shooting percentage, incredibly efficient. Uh, half of his looks came from three. He was bombing those again, 42% from three after the Yak trade. And the other half, it felt like we're coming on lob dunks from Yakup Pertle elbow passes. Like it was just like a really like, here's the stuff you're good at. Go do it all, man. And you know, there was those little flourishes once in a while, the mid range pull-ups, a couple pull-up threes here and there as well. That's fine as like extra stuff to weave into his package. But I thought this was just a perfect optimization of OG as a basketball player, and I really hope he's okay with that kind of role going forward, because if he is, and the Raptors can hang on to him and, you know, extend him, preferably this offseason, you know, his play after the deadline, I think, put all of my thoughts of maybe they should trade OG to bed, because he's the type of dude who you regret trading for a very long time, which I said going into the deadline and knew that was a thing, feel that even more after the act trade with how he fit in. Um, So yeah, he was my number two. Any quick thoughts on OG before we move on and uh, get to our three through five on the list? <clears throat> yeah, so OG is in my five. Cool. Um, so I, I, I guess I, I'll just touch on that game and then we sure. can move on. Um, yeah. yeah, the even though it ended in a loss, like OG showing out the way he did against the Lakers was mm. just spectacular. Like I was watching that game and I turned into like that John Wall meme. Like I never ever seen you act like this before. Like. <laughs> 
31 <laughs> points, 12 of 14 shooting, 4 of 6 from 3, um, 5 steals, and like he was the primary defender on Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. uh, who finished with 8 points. And so I thought that was just a ridiculous performance from OG. And so um, he, that, that performance was in my five. Yeah, that's uh that's a really really good call. Great Scotty game in that one as well. 32 9 and 7. He loves to play the Lakers as well as it turns out. <laughs> um yeah, that that's a good start. We're off and rolling here. We're going to come back on the other side Big V get to our remaining picks in our top 5 moments and things we liked about this Raptors season. Before we do that, however, I must tell you about our dear friends over at Prize Picks who have made daily fantasy sports super fun, super easy, and super accessible. And right now is a wonderful time to get in the action. Of course, your season-long fantasy seasons are over at this point. The playoffs are rolling. There's games every single night. And if you want to play daily fantasy sports, Prize Picks is the way to do it. Because all you got to do is pick two to six players on your given entry and whether they will score more or less than their projection in a given stat, whether it's points, rebounds, threes made on down the list. And it's not just basketball. You can make cross-sport entries with various sports. The NHL playoffs are going on. Baseball season's rolling. Of course, the NBA, the WNBA season starts very soon. Shout out to the Chicago Sky and Minnesota Lynx in Toronto this weekend. Maybe you want to play prize picks with that game. You can do it all, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Right now, go and check out the prize picks app. They're super easy to use, safe and fast withdrawals, currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada and every province except for Ontario. Download the prize picks app or go to prize picks com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on if you deposit 100 bucks prize picks will match that and put it into your account to hang out with your original hundo that is a great deal don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with prize picks the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, continuing on here, our first listen, your first listen of the day, not my first listen. It's my first talking to someone else in the outside world of the day. That's nice. Uh, thanks, as always, to the everydayers who are tuned into the show as well. If you are an everyday listener to the show, let us know in the comments uh, below. It's much appreciated. Also, just a quick look ahead at this week. Karina Mustafa joining the show tomorrow as we will talk about Becky Hammond as a Raptors candidate and also take a look at the WNBA exhibition game in Toronto on the weekend, talk expansion, all that good stuff with Karina tomorrow. And... Last week got away from me, but there will be another ranking every Raptor later this week. These take a lot of time to put together, so apologies that they're not as prolific as I hoped they would be. Um, but apparently trying takes time, and so uh, there will be another ranking every Raptor this week. You have to, that to look forward to as well. Okay, let's get back to it, Big V. The ranking of our five favorite things from this Raptor season. Uh, we've gone through two each. Let's get to number three. I will give you the floor. Uh, what you got for your number three moment or thing that happened this season that did not suck? Uh, so for me, it was arguably the most complete performance of the year when the Raptors defeated the Sacramento Kings on the yes. road. 113-95. Uh, super fun game. Uh, and you made... You know, Sabonis' life hell. He finished with nine <laughs> points and eight boards. Uh, the bench came through. One of the few times it came through. Precious had 19 points. Boucher had 16 points. And, you know, I remember, like, going in, this was 
like a lot of anticipation coming into this road trip, right? It was the mm. first of like a seven game road trip. Um, and they come out and have this amazing performance. Uh, Pascal had 26, 11 and seven. And so when they started off on this note, you were starting to think, oh, you know, if the defense plays like this, because at the time that that was the theme, right? It's like, when's the defense going to show up? When's the defense going to show up? And then when they have a game like that, it was like, whoa, okay, maybe mm -hmm. there's something here. And so, uh, yeah, super fun performance overall. Yeah, it's games like that one that I think lend credence to the idea that the Raptors are two or three bench contributors away from actually being pretty good. Uh, and the just the number of times it became so evident that you just get a little bit from the second unit and they're off and running. Maddening stuff, man. Just truly, truly sickening <laughs> that it was really down to like does Chris Boucher have a good night or not a lot of times so what a bummer um, but yeah that Kings game was awesome and you know I think a nice bounce back as well after losing to the Kings previously at home in a game where it felt like they probably should have won but they just couldn't quite put it all together to, to take them down um, you know some late game foibles and all that but yeah nice nice uh, pick that game against the Kings was an absolute blast my number three, again, going away from the sort of individual games and more so the sort of in-season arcs and pockets of the season, I'm going with Scotty Barnes's January. Uh, he was really good in the month of January, and it was all because the Raptors changed things with him significantly in terms of, you're our center now, man. Uh, we got nothing else at the center spot. We're clearly mining the trade market, trying to find ourselves our Jakob Pertle eventually. And obviously, when Yak came, this sort of beautiful period where Scotty was destroying teams from the middle of the floor uh, went away. But this, I think, was a really fun stretch of the season to watch, to watch Scotty kind of find himself after a couple of months of struggle to start the year. But I also thought it was really important because a couple of reasons. One, it shows off like... He's not the type of dude you can put into some sort of developmental silo, right? Like, he's got so much that he can do that I think kind of expanding and just, like, testing him out in different areas of the floor, different roles on the floor, like, that's a good thing to be trying to do because there's a lot that Scotty Barnes can bring to the table. Uh, and anything that gets him into the middle of, middle of the floor where he can survey and operate as a playmaker and, you know, a scorer as well, that is really, really primo stuff. I thought this also showed his incredible adaptability as a player, right? You think back to the first couple games of the month in January, Miles Turner sagging 30 feet off of him somehow, like at the stanchion, essentially, as Scotty's at the top of the arc. Uh, and it took him a couple possessions to kind of figure it out. But eventually, he's using that space to his advantage, chewing it up, scoring over guys, all of this. It's actually going to come into play in my number five pick as well. Um, but I also thought, like, this is a preview. We don't know when they're going to be back in, like, serious playoff contention again. Hopefully, it's next year. But... This is something that eventually is going to be a counter in a playoff series one day. Is Scotty in the middle of the floor as a screener? Like, there's going to be a some, they're going to come across something where there's space issues or whatever, and that's going to be a counter. And it was really cool to get sort of a look at, oh, that's a thing they'll be able to bust out at some point down the line with Scotty Barnes because that's an area of the floor where he can really command. What were your thoughts on that Scotty month of January? Did this ever come into consideration for you as one of your top things from the season that didn't stink? Well, I followed the rules and I've selected specific games. Um, I didn't say games. I said <laughs> things that didn't suck. I could go back to the text messages. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, when you look back, 
at Scotty's turnaround, like the big thing for me was just kind of changing the blueprint of how he was approaching mm-hmm. these games, right? And when sure. you look at um, late October, November, uh, even into December, it was, you know, those pull-up mid-rangers, those pull-up threes. And he was trying to like show that, you know, hey, I worked on this stuff in the summer. I'm going to, you know, show that I've become uh, so much more in my sophomore season. And it was like, hey, you really haven't. And so I think once he went back to kind of the roots of his game, um, that's when he like rediscovered his best. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, January was definitely a highlight uh, in terms of that turnaround. And, uh, you know, we, we, we saw what... what Yak can help him with. We saw, uh, you know, that improved. Uh, I don't want to say chemistry because, you know, that was kind of off all season, but mm. just like that improved reading of the game. And I think yeah. um, when, as he continues to get more reps and he understands, uh, you know, what the defense is trying to do, he understands uh, what the counters are going to be. And we saw a little bit of that towards the end of this season. I think we're really going to see him, you know, take a big jump mm-hmm. uh 16 games in january 18.1 points 7.4 boards 5.6 assists 1.2 steals and 1.3 blocks as well i think this is kind of where we saw his defensive turnaround begin as well i think you know he started the season as an active negative defensively i think he finished kind of like a mild positive honestly like with with the way he was able to help off ball his mildly improved on ball defense in some situations I think he was maybe like their best guy against Zach Levine in the play-in game for example um you know <laughs> damning with faint praise but still I, I think he you know that that's where that turnaround defensively began as well and uh you know as much as I'm happy Yaka Pirtle's on the team I I maintain down the line there is going to be a time where at some point Scotty Barnes is forced to close a game at center for the Raptors, and it's going to be a blast. And if you get Scotty Barnes with, like, spacing around him, there's there's some potential there for some fireworks and some very good stuff to go down for the Raptors in the future. Scotty, good stuff in January, my man. Uh, let's take uh, one last look here at number four before we get another break in here. Um, what's your number four? I have the most ethical performance of the season. <laughs> Jakob Pertl, 30 points on 15 of 17 shooting, no free throws, no threes, and completely within the flow of the offense, nothing force-fed. Then you throw in the nine rebounds, the six blocks. Uh, It's fitting that obviously, you know, Pascal's best friend has the ethical performance of this season. Of course. And I think it's also a, a big one... Uh, in terms of the feeling coming into this Orlando game because of the way Orlando won those two games at Mm. home. And it was this feeling. It was like, oh, the Raptors are trying to do Vision 6-9, but these guys have like Vision 6-11. And they're just bigger and stronger um, and are also shooting ball better. And uh, to have someone like Yak come in and be like, hey, you're not going to bully this team anymore. That was super impressive. And you saw the quotes from Jamal Mosley after the, the quote from Jalen Suggs just being like, man, this guy will hit you in the mouth and show no remorse. And mm-hmm. like stuff like that was like, man, <laughs> the Raptors have been waiting. Raptors fans have been waiting to have a guy like that in the middle. And so uh, for all those reasons, that had to be in my five. 
Yeah, this was like a stealthy honorable mention for me almost. It was just like the feeling of watching a real center play for the Raptors like the first couple weeks after the trade. It was like, oh my God, this is glorious. Uh, <laughs> look at look at this. Just the team playing with a positional, uh, like the guy who plays a position that's been important to basketball for 100 years and then finally kind of having that back in your life after not having it for a couple years was... Uh, Something else, man, as much as, you know, maybe the fit of the Yak deal is uh, still TBD, as we talked about on Friday, you're never going to take away the joy that uh, that came from watching Yak and Pirtle in those first couple weeks just absolutely munch opposing teams as uh, just like the, the brand new shiny toy for the Raptors. Uh, I've got my four and five. We've got your five coming up at the end. We're going to get into that in just a second here. Before we do that, however, mentioned it earlier, be sure to go check out Locked on Leafs. Yes, the Buds are down 3 nothing in their series against Florida. Yes, it's very bad. Yes, the, the defense looks like it's completely forgotten how to play defense. But Mike and Dave over on Lockdown Leafs are doing a wonderful job breaking it all down for you. And perhaps there's some hope of some history maybe uh for the raptor for the leafs to go pull this comeback go check out locked on leafs to get the full deets on that wherever you get your podcast each and every day the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Big V, let's uh, get into our final couple here. My number four on my top five list of things that didn't stink from the year. We're going all the way back to October. And it was that 10-game stretch at the start of the season where Pascal Siakam looked like an MVP candidate. The Raptors made Trey Young turn into a puddle in that game at home where they just completely just demolished him. They beat the Spurs by 40, just running down their throats. And they were literally one of the best transition teams in the history of basketball for that brief fleeting stretch before they forgot how to score in transition again by the end of the season. Um, they were first in points added per 100 possession in transition per cleaning the glass uh, in the league at that point. 9.3 points added in transition per 100. That's great. The next closest was the Pelicans at 6.5 points added. The difference between the Raptors and the second place Pelicans was the difference between the Pelicans and the 11th place Oklahoma City Thunder. They were quite literally solving basketball with transition dominance for a couple weeks there, and it was beautiful. And then Pascal Siakam slips on a wet spot in Dallas, and it all starts to come unraveled. But that first stretch of the season, Pascal's playing as this heliocentric hub of beautiful, probing, mid-range glory. All of it was awesome. It came crashing down quick, but those first 10, I mean, I was wild and out. I was writing pieces about, are they this year's, are the Raptors this year's Grizzlies? Like, are they going to do the thing? Uh, I got real excited and boy, I was wrong. Um, but it's fun to get excited in the good times. Is it not? What were your thoughts on those first 10 games? Are you going to like go back and rewatch the film of those with tears streaming down your face like I do? Or uh, <laughs> it's uh, something that'll be lost to memory. Those 10 games where the Raptors looked really, really awesome. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that falls along the lines of what you were saying before about, hey, if you wanted to think about what the potential of this mm. team was before things really, you know, went to crap, uh, 
these are the games that you can look back on and they were mm-hmm. tough opponents. And I remember the narrative coming into the season. It's like, Hey, if you can just survive like these first, you know, 10 or so games, then you can really get cooking. And obviously we know that was not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, Pascal was just playing incredible basketball. Um, and the team just looked, uh, you know, along the lines of what we were thinking coming mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. we started to see some of those defensive breakdowns i think we started to see uh some of you know those lapses which you know only grew and grew as the season went went along mm-hmm. uh and then kind of started to improve after the act trade but i i think yeah the, that brief stretch was very encouraging um and you know precious Achua had that 22 rebound game against miami which was super mm-hmm. fun um and so i think Stuff like that had you excited, and then it just never panned out. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the greater sins of the 2022-23 Raptors, is they couldn't just be, like, normal average to bad and, like, have you resigned to that. When they looked good, they looked incredible, which warped my brain, I can certainly say. I'm sure it warped the brains of many watching this team trying to sort out what the hell is going on with them. Uh, We got our number fives. Uh, Both of our last things on the list here. I believe, Big V, you might have already alluded to yours, but what was your number five? So I gave my number five, the OG performance, which I thought was absolutely incredible. So while you were doing your ad read, I went and got a sixth. What a professional you are. Unreal. (laughs) Thank you for all of your service to the show. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And so I would be remiss if in a season where a lot of things sucked, we did not talk about the Raptors finally breaking the Dwayne Casey curse. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Raptors go four and zero against the Detroit Pistons. A one fifteen one eleven win. A one nineteen one eighteen win. A ninety five ninety one win. A one eighteen ninety seven blowout win at the end uh, mm-hmm. when it was very clear what the Pistons were trying to do. Um, <laughs> and I think the highlight of those four games would definitely be, uh, you know the Raptors being shorthanded uh, and relying on Delano Banton to supply you with 27 points, <laughs> four rebounds, four assists, knocked down three threes, six of six at the free throw line, three steals, two blocks. Then you had that closing stretch where you had Def- Jeff Downton Jr. in the game um, and those possessions uh, against Ivy. And so, yeah, man, the Dwayne Casey curse is broken. Sure is. Uh, that was, and, and you know, Dwayne, of course, moved upstairs with the Pistons now, so the the curse ends and dies there, and we welcome the Nick Nurse curse, uh, which <laughs> has more rhyming and far more, I think, dooming potential, depending on who he lands with. Um, you know, if he if he signs on with the Bucks, be prepared to never beat the Bucks again while Nick Nurse is the head coach of the Bucks or wherever he ends up. You're just not doing it. Uh, that's the way these things roll. And yeah, the Detroit games, I was at, of course, the one in Detroit the late in the season where they won 95-91 in like a rock fight. But that game featured Siakam dropping Isaiah Livers with one of the nastiest crossovers I've ever mm. seen in person. And then it also featured Isaiah Livers coming back with a massive dunk, I think, on Yak or might have been on Pascal. Um, right. Just sort of like, bound, like just striking back with it. That was a fun game. As much as it was nasty, the, the in-arena crowd uh, vibes there were, were awesome. So uh, yeah, very, very good pick. My number five, and look, people know I'm a little bit of a sicko. I'm a glutton for punishment. I like the bad things as much as I like the good things because I feel like it gives spice to life. 
This is a lunatic's answer, okay? But actually, I want to see if you can guess what I'm about to say. <laughs> You're this is, to... I did pick a single game. I picked one game. I need you to guess what the single game is that I'm highlighting here because no, it's, it's a sicko's answer. Yeah, well, if, if, you, if you are going to kind of galaxy brain DR DeRozan. No, <laughs> not doing that. No, that sucked. That was bad. You should not lose to a nine-year-old. Very, very bad. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad it's not that. No, I, I wasn't going to be I'll like, but they were up 19 at one point, so it's kind of... No, no, I wasn't doing that. Uh, this uh, is a little earlier in the year. I mentioned January. Uh, so mm. I mentioned Scotty. Uh, there's a tie into Scotty here. Um, any, are you getting any warmer to have it, I guess, or should I just reveal it for the world? No, not really. I, th I think you should go ahead. January 4th, Raptors, Bucks, ESPN, in Toronto. Oh, man. All the hype, and the first quarter ends 13-12 to 12 for the Bucks after both teams shoot like 9% for the whole quarter. This game is one of the stupidest games I've ever seen. I think it's going to be the game I remember most from this season, even though the Raptors lost it. And this is just the type of stuff that makes the regular season fun. It's that random, what was it, like a Wednesday night, Tuesday night situation, uh, ESPN game. No one really cares about it. The Raptors are still mired in their slump. They're just breaking out of that six-game losing streak from a couple weeks ago. Um, they just lose to the Pacers the, the couple nights before. And this was just such a nasty game. It embodied so much of what the Raptors don't do well, but also what the Raptors had the capacity to do well in the defensive end when they really locked in. Uh, and then, of course, you get down to the final four minutes of this game. The Raptors are trailing 90-69 to 69 with three minutes and 10 seconds left, and they score 28 points after scoring just 12 in the first quarter. They score 28 points in the last 3-10 to force overtime at 97-97. They go on to lose, of course, um, but I just, that game is burned into my brain. I'll never stop thinking about it. It was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen, and for that reason, I love of it so dearly i might get the box score of that game framed and put up my little gallery gallery wall behind me here because it was such a nonsensical stupid game big v am i a lunatic for choosing this game as one of my five things that didn't suck from this season i kind of did the exact opposite of the assignment but i don't care this game ruled <laughs> yeah you are a sicko um <laughs> i want to burn the tapes burn it all down erase the memory <laughs> Do the Men in Black zap, like, anything you can possibly do to erase all memory of that game. Uh, quick reveal uh, from that hmm. game. I won't out anyone else. Um, okay. But there were a couple people who were with me, so that made me feel not too bad about doing it. But with those three-ish minutes left, um, I did leave press row <gasps> to get to <laughs> to get to the uh, the press conference room. Um, because I was like, hey, this game is over. It's been a garbage game. I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you played yourself. <laughs> and then we get that down there, and there's like the little TV in that room. Mm -hmm. And uh I'm just like, what is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> that and then I was like, great. okay, well, I'm not gonna jinx the team and go back to my spot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I stayed there for uh the remainder of the fourth quarter. Uh, and overtime, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the ultimate lesson in never leave 
press row until the final buzzer. 100%. I learned that. I, I didn't learn this the hard way because I still saw it, but I remember back 2016, round two, game one, Raptors heat. Uh, I was standing in the stairwell ready to go run up after the end of the buzzer uh, when Kyle Lowry hit like the half court shot to send it to OT. And I was just like, well, I guess I'm sitting back down again. <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, one of those. Oh, good thing I didn't just walk out before this. And I mean, it was the last possession. Obviously, I wasn't going to go hop in the elevator with one possession to go in a one possession game. But, you know, I was ready. I had I, I was looking at that elevator trying to be first there because it's always a mad dash. Um, yeah, back to the, the really great game against the Bucks that everybody loved, that everyone agrees with me was one of the five best things about this year. I think the thing that stood out to me was Scotty scoring over Brooke Lopez, uh, like, near mm. defensive player of the year, like, seven straight times in that fourth quarter. This might have been, I know there was another peak Scotty fourth quarter game later in the year where he had, like, four blocks. It was against the Bulls, I believe. Um, but this one felt like the most peak fourth quarter Scotty that we've ever seen, um, where he goes from kind of not doing much to... I mean, if oh. I remember correctly, this was a game where literally all of Scotty's points came in the fourth quarter and overtime. Yes, I believe like, that's exactly true. First three. Yeah, and most of them came scoring over one of the best rim protectors in basketball in Brooke Lopez, who at the time I think was probably favorite for Defensive Player of the Year, who had been menacing the Raptors all season long. And that was like the first little inkling of, oh, this Scotty is like a roll man, center of the floor type guy. This could work. This is something to build on. Um, so yeah, that is my number five. Look, it was a bad season where lots of things went wrong. Forgive me for having a bad game where they lost as one of the five best things. Uh, but I think we did a pretty good job of covering all of the the not so morose parts of this Raptors season, Big V. Anything you want to uh, tell the people, promote for the people, last parting shots for the people before we round this bad bad boy up? round this bad boy up that's not the words i'm looking for but whatever <laughs> yeah uh just the usual stuff uh raptors.com you can follow me on twitter at vivek m jacob and looking forward to you know seeing what's going on in the discord and uh honestly like over the course of the season i'd love to get some feedback uh you know yeah what, what people enjoy what people didn't enjoy what i could do better uh and so um yeah hit me up whether it's twitter or discord or whatever tickles your fancy yeah dm big v don't dm me i don't want constructive feedback at all uh <laughs> <laughs> i just want to keep on being bad uh no well that's always appreciated the feedback and what you think about the show uh we have like 60 people in the discord now it's a very robust community lots of good stuff in there so jump on in the link is in the description for the lockdown raptors discord you're probably not going to be there as the draft lottery go down goes down next week as that one percent at victor Wembanyama lingers large for the toronto raptors going into the lottery um with that we'll leave it off thank you so much for tuning in please follow subscribe to rate review all the good stuff on your favorite podcast apps and on youtube of course it's free wherever you get your shows each and every day you can follow me at woodley sean on twitter you can follow the show at locked on raptors and uh we'll be back again tomorrow Creed and mustafa along to talk wnba becky hammond all that good stuff and uh we'll continue on with a, a big loaded week on the show as well as we start to dive into some draft stuff i'll see if our pal Raphael barlow can pop on sometime this week to begin the draft talk and all that good stuff as the uh, head coaching search continues etc etc thanks so much for being here we'll talk to you again tomorrow thanks for hanging Bye bye Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.